I'm Jim Bailey's. You're listening to the Teaching Strides podcast, a production of the Academic Development Center at Mount Royal University. I'm Julie Mooney, and this is Teaching Strides, Episode 4. Teaching Strides is a podcast featuring Mount Royal University faculty discussing teaching practices that lead to student success. Today we speak with Jennifer Salinas about the classroom as a community of learners. Jennifer Salinas has been teaching at Mount Royal University for four years. She is a contract faculty member with a full-time course load who works on several committees and has completed the Certificate of Achievement in Photography at MRU. While her background is in criminology and restorative justice, Professor Salinas now enjoys teaching courses related to community and social issues. Her students attest that she encourages them not only to think, but also to work outside the box. Professor Jennifer Salinas, welcome to Teaching Strides. Thanks a lot for having me. So why don't we start by looking at what is the learning environment you're aiming to create in your courses? The biggest thing would be to say that I just try and be really authentic. I try and be me. What that might look like is bringing in some of the business practices from some of the years I had in sort of the corporate world. And I bring that into everything that I do, actually. It flavors every class, every course. I think one of the biggest things as well is this environment that I try and foster of collaborating and and actually, without sounding cliche, a bit of community in the classroom to actually get students to engage with each other, not just with me. I don't want to be seen as an instructor that might just come in, do my thing and blow out of town. So I, I want them to actually get to know each other and work together. One of the things that I do, I actually try and get them to learn each other's names. The first person would go and they would say their name and the next person would go say the first person's name, then their own. While they're doing this, they're also giving me something to remember their names by. And I teach them at the outset uh, something that I learned going into graduate school about pegging to memory. And I teach them these memory tricks about how to remember names and how to learn them. And and I, I use an example of a shopping list and we do this exercise first, then we apply it to learning the names. So everybody goes around the class and by the time everybody's done, everybody should know everybody's names. And I always say the first people don't get off easy because I could come back around and start the whole thing over from the beginning. So everybody has to pay attention. I find that considering the fact that students actually have to engage with each other, work together for um, you know 14 weeks minimum usually, and they have to work together in groups typically, and they have to rely on each other in class for notes or support, what have you, it's really important that they learn this. But it also heralds back to my business practices as well, where you would need to know these things in the working world as well and how to engage with people and how to learn their names, etc. What are some of the other practices that you'd use to create this learning environment that you're aiming for? Another one would be the Blackboard discussion boards that I would use in every class as well. So basically they have to engage with their 
readings that they're assigned, but also with each other throughout the course. So they're required to go on there every week or in a spring term, uh, every class and get on there and actually have conversations with each other. Um, and they are for points. It is graded. Um, so they are held accountable to the readings, but they also continue to foster that community sense and, and that collaborative spirit online as well. And they do that outside of class so that when we're in class, we can discuss what they they've read and we can further engage in that. Jennifer, you teach in a number of different departments and programs. Who are the students in your courses? What programs are they from? What year of study are they at? I would say I mostly have first year students across the board, except in justice studies where I um, tend to get the third year class because it's a qualitative research course. And it's definitely all over the map in terms of disciplines in general education as well. So that's always interesting because you're bringing together people who are from totally disparate backgrounds. They could be of very different ages as well. We could have mature students versus students straight out of high school. We're, including myself, we're all coming from somewhere different. So we try and meet each other where we're at. And how have your students responded to these teaching practices, to this classroom environment work that you've been doing? It does take a bit of effort, and there's some eye rolling in the beginning, but then it takes on a life of its own, and I've realized that they seem to like the ideas by the end, and I've been told they felt that it was a bit different, maybe, from some of the other courses that they've taken, and that I think it was, when they say this, it's in a very positive way. It makes me feel very good, so... What about their learning gains? Have you observed, I mean, it sounds like they're learning to kind of come out of their shell a bit as the semester progresses, but have you observed any other kinds of improvements in their learning? Yes. The other thing I do is I, I have a no technology policy in my class. And what that looks like is no cell phones, no laptops allowed, unless there's... Um, a documented reason, but by and large, there's no phones. So what ends up happening is that the students seem to pay more attention. They have come back after the fact and told me that they had improved their grades maybe slightly, but the big thing for them was their focus, that they were able to focus on what they were learning and actually engage. And I've had some of them struggle with this. Um, a lot of people seem to be really, and I don't want to use the word addicted, but for lack of better term, they're really attached to their devices. And even for an 80 minute class, it can seem difficult to put those down. But by the end of it, they're used to this. They know what to expect from me when I walk into the class and they know that this is an area where they're not going to be using that device for 80 minutes or two hours and 50 minutes, whatever the case is for the course. So. Yeah, I think it just fosters the, that respect. Again, it goes back to that sort of environment that I want to create. And what about for your own teaching practices? How has this influenced your, your teaching? What have you observed or learned about teaching as a result of implementing these practices? I've learned to listen to students, which is a big thing. That can be scary, honestly. That can be daunting mm -hmm. to listen to your students and take their feedback and realize that maybe I don't know everything. And the other thing is I've learned to ask for help. I absolutely am not afraid of that. I have so many colleagues to thank for that. They've been so great with sharing their ideas. It never really comes just from your own head. So definitely I've relied on other people along the way and I will continue to do that. I'm not afraid to ask for help. I think that's a big thing. 
in that vein, if a colleague were to approach you and ask you about how can they create this kind of classroom environment and this kind of student engagement, what kind of advice would you offer to them? It has to be central in what they're trying to do. What I tend to teach is a lot of community and society issues, a lot of global issues, uh, interpersonal issues, and these things sort of require that people learn to communicate or they learn to accept differences, they learn how to debate, that they learn how to respect each other you know, amid myriad differences. And if they can learn to do that, if that's central or important to what they're learning, then I think that they would need to find ways to engage the students together, whether it be in the classroom or online or um, group projects or through discussion. Most of what I do is discussion-based in the class. We talk. I don't know that that would work in every case and in every discipline. Um, but if it's important to the learning that you're trying to achieve, then I think that there's many ways that people could do that. Thanks so much for joining us on the Teaching Strides podcast today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. This has been episode four of the Teaching Strides podcast. Join us next time when we speak with Professor Deanna Weeb about debriefing and peer feedback. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the Teaching Strides series on iTunes. Visit us at teachingstrides.ca, where we post guest bios and links to additional information on the topic of each episode, and where you can sign up for email alerts and our RSS feed. Teaching Strides is a production of the Academic Development Centre at Mount Royal University. Teaching Strides, Emory Youth Faculty, Darren Grayley.